This is the FMCG podcast. We speak with the leaders of today and hear their advice on how you can develop your leadership potential. Today, we're joined by Stuart McGuckin of VSC, and we're talking all things tasty in meat-free chicken. Stay tuned to find out how to lead with a mission at the core, how to develop rapid proof of concept and innovation, and what habits are essential for you to develop as an FMCG leader. Let's get to it. Hi, morning. My name is Rich and we're Consumer Hub and we focus on FMCG recruitment across marketing, innovation and sales. And this is the FMCG podcast where we uh, speak with the leaders of today and hear insights into their category expertise and also their leadership. So really excited today to have Shoot McGuckin on the show and he's going to be talking all about what he's doing at the moment with VFC. I'm not going to uh, kind of spoil um, the show and tell you exactly what VFC is. I like Stuart to give us the deets on that. But Stuart, just quick intro from you. Tell us who are you? What are you doing at the moment with VFC? Just give us a quick shape of your career so far, if that's all right, for the guys watching and listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so Stuart McGuckin, I am commercial director at VFC. Uh, VFC is short for Vegan Fried Chicken. Uh, the clues in, clues in the name. Our, our mission is to fight and eventually put an end to factory farming. We believe that animals are sentient beings and have, and have rights. And ultimately, we believe the best way of, of shifting people's behaviours is by and through amazing, feel-good, great-tasting food. So, um, yeah, simple mission and incredibly important one, particularly uh, within uh, the, the climate change battle that, that, we're, that we're facing as well. Um, that I'm absolutely honoured to to be part of. So I've been with VFC since uh, the end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, Prior to that, I was at uh, Go Superfoods, a a great superfoods wholesale and and retail company where I spent four years helping helping the business develop their, their retail offering. Before that, I was at Two Sisters Food Group, where I, I led the Goodfellas and Frozen Pizza uh, business, uh, marketing teams. Um, and prior to that, I spent the first 10, 11 years at Nestle, uh, working through sales, marketing and category. Amazing start to, to my career. But moving from big businesses right down to now startup, I feel I'm in my, in my natural place. Nice. That's exciting. And then... And, um... Are you from Yorkshire originally? So you obviously, you know, work around Yorkshire companies, Stuart, but you don't sound like your accent's from Yorkshire. Where, 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 you, uh, where did you hail from originally? So I'm a proud Scot, as you can tell from my accent, but, um, you know, I grew up in, after moving down from Glasgow as a baby, I grew up in Kent and spent the first 21, 22 years of my life uh, in Maidstone in Kent yeah. and then moved to York after university. I was only supposed to be in York for... Um, for a few months, actually, Same. before joining the army, Same. but uh, got, got a six pound an hour temp job at Nestle, and eleven years later, or now seventeen years later, York is now my home. That's great. So you've seen the light twice, then Yorkshire, and then veganism. So you've had two two revelations, and what's good for you? <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm 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 a happier and better man for it. Oh, f- thanks for that uh, intro to you. Just really interesting. But just for the guys uh, watching, can you just take us through? Um, yeah, VFC, the story of where the business has come from, and also just kind of who are the key people in the company? And, and you, you touched on the mission already, but if you could just kind of move into expanding a bit more on the mission, that'd be really interesting for us to understand. Yeah, no problem. VFC, um, fascinating backstory, but incredibly inspiring. So um, 
it's the brainchild of two incredible guys, Matthew Glover and Adam Lyons. Adam is a successful restaurateur in York. Um, he had great success and was at the forefront of bringing vegan food onto menus in York. Um, one of his best-selling dishes in, uh, on his menu was vegan fried chicken. Matthew Glover, who co-founded Veganuary with his wife, um, was a frequent customer because he loves the food that Adam, Adam was making. Um, when lockdown struck in March 2020, obviously, <laughs> most companies had to close, including Adam's restaurant. Um, Matthew was missing his favourite dish and, and contacted Adam to see how he was doing and how he was coping um, in those sort of, sort of incredibly difficult times. And then happened to say that he was missing VFC or vegan fried chicken. Adam uh, had been working with a local charity to use his restaurant to feed um, local families who, who, needed, who needed support and said, yeah, I'm in the kitchen, I'll, I'll make you some. And so anyway, he made, he made some vegan fried chicken up and sent it out by DPD with some dry ice. And oh, Matthew, re Matthew received it the next day and went, Adam, we've got to talk. Um, and that, that, was last, that was last summer, summer 2020. Um, the business was officially founded in September last year, and then we launched in December 2020. So it was a, a whistle-stop wow. whistle and whirlwind tour uh, from just an initial, I'm oh, missing my favourite food, to launching a business. So When did you join, Stuart? Were you there right at the beginning of last September? Or? Uh, no, I, I, I started helping the team um, at the end of November, December last year. Uh, and then have been working incredibly hard uh, in partnership with the guys ever since, really. So, yeah, I've been, been having just the most, it's been, well, it feels a lot longer, but um, I think it's 10 months we've been, we've been trading now. Yeah. Just, just, just less. And um, things are going from, from strength to strength. So from a people perspective, we've got Matthew and Adam as, as the co-founders. And then I, I was brought in to help establish the business and put the plans in place for us to grow. Um, Dave Sparrow has since joined us as our uh, FCO and operations director, and we're starting to, to build out our team. Alison Riley's joined us as head of marketing. Uh, we have a, a sales manager starting next month, head of supply chain, Jamie, so so Jamie Seal joined us a few weeks ago. Uh, and so we're bringing brilliant, brilliant FMCG people into the business um, and really investing to to provide us the best platform to for world domination which is our which is our ambition yeah well we um well we've got our product review of BFC landing soon which we'll release before people watch this podcast so hopefully if you're listening and watching this you've seen me eat the products already and uh, they are really good as uh, as someone who tries a lot of different things all the time um, most of the time I like it because I love food, but this was this was exceptional. So uh, yeah, very excited. But just tell us a bit about the product because um, it's kind of a common theme in the, the, the startups that we speak with that you know the products will go from you know concept to first iteration, and you you're constantly improving it. If you're not, you know you, you tend to fall by the wayside. So how, how have you, as a business, in, in the last year, sort of developed that product concept and refined it? And are you able to share a little bit into the technology behind it and kind of what it's what it's made of? Because people are always really interested in that, especially something that is a protein alternative. The, the kind of science behind it's fascinating to a lot of people, if, if you're able to share. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
there's science, there's magic, and and there's a, a little bit of pragmatism involved. Yeah. So uh, as as any as any business uh, founder or or um, product developer will, will tell you. So Adam was making a satan based, which is effectively wheat gluten, oh, yeah. uh, a wheat wheat gluten flour. Uh, mixed with spices herbs seasonings into a dough and then formed and breaded and fried to to make the product for the first uh nine months of our of our of our life we were making vfc um like that in adam's restaurant kitchen so he repurposed his 45 cover restaurant into a into a food factory but the, the issue we had and, we've, and we, we learned very quickly was the capacity, I, the amount that we could make out of Adam's kitchen was nowhere near enough to satisfy the demands of, of the customers who were getting in touch with us. Um, so we started and I spent the first six months uh, of, of working with VFC uh, trying to find a contract manufacturing partner who could make our product. Now, with that extra capacity and also the technology that these that these co-manufacturers had, it allowed us to look at our existing products and, and work out what we needed to do to improve it. And two main things were appearance and texture. So working and, and Adam led this, he's he's the the, the VFC products um, expert in working with our co the co-manufacturer that we've decided to work with and their uh, technical teams we've been able to utilize their technology to de deliver against our recipe. So we've moved from using a, a wheat gluten um, sort of main constituent to textured plant proteins, yeah. which allows and delivers more of the, the meat-like texture that, that, that you expect from meat alternatives. Um, so without getting into maybe some of the more proprietary information, that gives you a, a bit more of a feel. Um, People, what people expect is mock meats, which look like, taste like, and feel like real meats. Um, and ultimately, we're trying to bring people on a journey who see viable alternatives to animal-based products, but who maybe don't want, to, not finding it easy to give those products up. So that was the that was the insight and what led the product development project. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, where, where do you guys kind of get your insights from? Is it you know uh, sort of kind of very grassroots chat to people that come to the restaurant, chatting to your neighbours and friends, or, or have you worked with insights agencies? Kind of what, what's kind of informed that process? Because it is um, it's, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because you, you kind of you go on this journey, but you you want to be sort of sense checking your data, don't you? And you kind of what's informing that that process? I think what's really great about working for a startup is you have to be creative because. Mm. We're very well funded, but we're still having to be really um, sensible with how we how we spend the money we have. So, um, as I said, necessity breeds innovation. So, we have got through uh, through people we know uh, and the internet. We've we've had access to lots of data and insights, but we've also got and we've got a, a huge following um, and been able to develop a huge consumer following um, in. In the first few months, um, bigger than bird's eye, as an example, in the first six weeks uh, on on Instagram. So we've got a really um, great and involved and 
motivated following that that we use through uh, our social channels through email marketing through just running ad hoc focus groups uh, to asking them to validate ideas validate concepts give us their ideas what they'd like to see uh, for example we, we were looking at product names uh, for, yeah. for the retail launch and we asked our our followers which which they which they think that we should have gone with so um as i said so fmcg backgrounds we, we like our data we like our insights we like to validate everything but um you know budget and time constraints means that sometimes just going to people and asking them uh, and using that, that follower uh, base allows us to get to just as good a uh, endpoints and conclusions as months and tens of thousands of pounds would allow us to that's that's fascinating yeah and that point you make there about the engaged following um yeah and comparing it to some of the big names i mean lots of big uh, fmcg brands would kill to have that kind of interaction with their following and then um, I was chatting to an insights manager once and he said that, you know, it's very easy to get bogged down by the data and the stats and the charts and the presentations. But really what you're always asking is what's the story and where, where am I within that story? And if, and if you can get that without, you know, shelling out tons for, you know, quality surveys because your, you know, uh, your engaged audience is your kind of continuous quality. I mean, that's, that's mecca, isn't it? That's, 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 yeah, that's it's, it's great. And it's not just the money, it's time. It's, mm. And when I started in my career to where where we are now, if if you if you're not reacting or um, taking advantage of an opportunity or dealing with an issue within hours, then then you're failing. Whereas back at the start of my career, it was days, weeks, and often months that that you had. So you've got to be reactive and and you've got to um, take advantage of the. I guess the the uh, minds of information that you've got um, or insight whenever you can. Just just kind of picking up on that point around you know building um, followership. I know um, something that really interests me about the VFC concept when we were um, kind of came across you guys you know uh, three four months ago is that you had a D to C model. So um, you know before you kind of landed in retail, actually people could get a slice of the action. Uh, just t tell me about that and how you kind of came with that concept, how you launched so quickly, because the website, I know you've moved into mainstream retail, but the, the, the D2C website was really, really slick. It was, it was great and range kind of easy to buy, products look great. Um, how did you kind of get that landed and launched so quickly? And, and within that kind of, what was the, the benefit to you guys? Well, I, I joined at the point where a lot of that had been done, so I can't take credit for that, wow. but Matthew, Matthew and Adam worked with, really really good third-party agencies so with vfc from a brand positioning and a branding perspective is is one of the best brands that i've ever worked with and i've worked with the likes of kit kat and goodfellas and uh, some amazing confectionery brands it is just incredible and the the team at um, elmwood or what is now born ugly does an incredible job working with matthew and adam to get to that point in in a matter of weeks just fantastic and then working with engage on the website but back to the strategy it was it was all about uh, validating the concepts and there were various ways that we could have done that um, but d2c allowed us at, to build at scale quickly a view of you know are we in the right place are we doing the right things and, and do we need to course correct rather than sort of going straight after retail so the guys made absolutely the right decision to use d2c as a means to one focus 
all of the PR and communications and the social media, which was always going to be central to our to our marketing plans, um, to actually then have sales data off the back of it to to validate the selling stories and the sales that we were taking to to retailers around the world in in the new year. And you know, we we launched on the twentieth of December, and by the about the seventh or eighth of January, we had. Hundred thousand pounds worth of sales on on the books, and we sat and looked at each and went, "We've got something here," yeah. and we were, um, and from that we had the major retailers coming to us asking to talk to us about VFC rather than the other way around, which is yeah, yeah. which is incredibly um, risky because you're just um, you're just a concept with with high levels of risk versus something that is slightly de-risked because it's an ongoing and uh, an already ongoing and successful concern so that that's the the, the premise d2c was never um the long-term route to market for vfc it allowed us to prove the concept test and learn and ultimately um achieve the critical mass to allow us to go and talk to the large food service and retail chains of the world yeah, wow, that's, that's really interesting. Well, where are you to in that term, transition into Main Street retail now? Is it is it launched? Is it kind of imminent? Yeah, so we've uh, successfully completed our first production run. I say first production run. We're, we're producing every day, every week um, since the beginning of September. Uh, we launch into Tesco from the 1st of November. Yeah. We are launching into the US and Canada as we speak. And we have agreed um, contracts with exclusive distributors in about 25 other markets around Europe, um, the Middle East, Asia, Australasia and South Africa. So we've um, we've hit the ground running. It's just keeping up with with that demand. But as I said, since since before Christmas, I've been inundated the business development side of my role has been fairly straightforward because there hasn't been a lot of calling required. But we've we've received some amazing support from from the big retailers, Tesco, Asda, and Sainsbury's, and you'll see us hopefully um, rolling out into Asda and, and Sainsbury's in the in the new year. But the buyers uh, and their teams have been incredibly supportive and helped us a lot in making sure that we were ready and fit for purpose when they were ready to put us onto their fixtures. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's great, and. Uh... It must be, uh, yeah, very affirming as, as a commercial lead to have, uh, yeah, your, your BD is kind of triaging inbound rather than going out constantly knocking doors. That must be great. Well, I've, I've been the sales prevention manager for the last, for the last <laughs> eight or nine months. So um, it's nice to be able, able to sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I, it's been an incredible journey um, and incredibly exciting and to work for a great team um i mean our social media is just incredible we, we we're trying to sort of turn conventions on their head really about how we do things uh, we're an activist so again looking back at who vfc are we're an activist brand that happens to sell food rather than a brand with yeah. an activist streak paying lip service yeah. to esg csr whatever uh whatever the corporate priorities are at the time we, we don't really care about that uh, we just want to save animals. Um, our number one business metric is number of chickens saved, and you can see that counter on our website. Yeah, that yeah. Is the I saw that. Our size is very different. Yeah. 
Well, that's me on to my next question because it is it is a crowded space and it has become in the last few years, you know, meets alternatives. And, and you guys are standing out massively. I you kind of alluded to that, but I mean, how how do you stand out? Um, I think I know what you're going to say, but I mean, I think people will be interested in that because, yeah, like, like like you said, there, it is it is a very, very different proposition to lots of the other stuff out there. You know? Yeah, I mean, we've got a, we've, from a marketing perspective, we've got a real clarity of vision and mission and um, our communication is very single minded. You, you know exactly who we are and what we do uh, on every piece of um, marketing that we that we that we put out so that's good but at the very heart of what vfc is and what we do is a single is a single-mindedness about our reason for being so we are honest and we are um we're determined and as a result of that we're transparent and people might not agree or even like what we do but they can't they can't argue or question what we're trying to do yeah. So when you so that runs right through every piece of our of our marketing. It's something that I'm incredibly proud to be part of. I, I only turned vegan in in January, and, and mine is very much environmentally led. With two young children, I, I want to leave a world for them, but I'm still incredibly passionate about saving animals. And for and a byproduct of that is to say is to improve our environmental impact so what are personally and and as as a business we are we're all aligned on what we're trying to do and then from a business metrics perspective the first and the 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 first number that we report on is number of chickens saved because again that keeps us focused but from a commercial perspective the more chickens we've saved means we've sold more products more volume made more money reinvested that into building and and distributing the brand to sell more volume and create the virtual circle so there is some method in our madness but at the very heart of of what we're here is isn't about making money it's about saving animals uh, to benefit them and and the world around us so yeah it's it's just a a, a single-minded business uh, mission executed brilliantly and therefore we can't help but stand out yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, start starting with the mission, kind of uh, building the strategy around that, uh, as opposed to, yeah, let, let's do vegan because it's on trend. Um, which it's I think, a- if I'm honest, that is how, and uh, you know, a broad variety of people approach it. And I'm not saying that they're disingenuous and have a lack of interest, but you know, um, there are some brands that I can think of out there in that space that. Um, they just strike me as brands which are, they're there primarily because they want to strategically own that space because it might grow and they don't want to miss out. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I think it's similar to the like legacy motor industry where uh, yeah. you know, electric is seen as a, a kind of insurance policy, not a driving part of the, uh, the kind of commercial product development proposition. And you can, you, can, you can spot the difference, can't you, between the companies that have, uh, yeah, the, the kind of the mission at the core of the innovation, the companies that do it as an insurance policy. And certainly with VFC, there's no getting away from it, is it? Like you say, very, very clear when you go on the website, this, this is what you're about, lovers or haters, like this is us. So, so kind of, you know, we're, we're telling you, we're upfront about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've been in those, in, in those other businesses and I've done that to, to future-proof and lock out, um, lock out other, other companies um and you can tell that it's that it's been done to pay lip service or because 
they feel they have to rather than with any real passion or, or energy behind it. And you can tell in the marketing and you can tell in the in the sales plans um, behind it. So to be part of a team and to be sort of personally invested, emotionally invested into what we're doing, it's just a complete eye opener for me um, for on a personal development perspective to to really to really care about what you do um, as opposed to doing something because you're being paid to do it it's, it's you, you you have those conversations growing up I want to do something I care about but yeah. 17 years into my career I can generally say I'm now doing something I really care about and the passion and the energy that comes comes from that makes for a more, well more successful me and hopefully uh, a more successful business off the back of it yeah yeah so I can just touch on that that mission then so how do you how do you get people who are um you know maybe just borderline flexitarian want to eat you know they're, they're not antagonistic they're on a journey but how do you get people that are kind of you know have half an eye to what you're doing to be more engaged like what's what what's what's the kind of um yeah, what, what's needed as a lever to pull those people in? Because I, I can I can imagine if you think about it from an insight perspective, you've got you know your core engaged audience, then you've got you know people that kind of you know ca- casual users, and then you've got people for whom like it's interesting, but there's no real pull. Like how do you how do you move people up that kind of like buying hierarchy into into the core core guys that are not just buying your product, but also they're going and basically preaching your mission as well. Yeah, well, preaching the mission. I mean, obviously, we want to see a a world free of intensive animal farming but it's a journey so i'll go back to what what we are as a brand we're an activist brand that happen that sells great foods we're we're a brand that thinks that we can turn the dial over time by delivering great tasting feel-good foods and who doesn't like great tasting feel-good foods whether you're an animal activist or whether you're a current carnivore but is considering reducing their meat intake so yeah so we're looking to bring people and engage them with our brands of course and take them on a journey with us but it starts with great food uh, and a great product and that's absolutely critical to to our business we can you can have the best brand in the world and we and we're, we're all have engaged um with them through our lives but the product hasn't delivered mm. it doesn't matter how good the story is you, you don't go back so we are equally uh focused on to developing and delivering great tasting great quality products which are relevant to people's lives now we've started with vegan junk food in effect albeit the nutritionals are are pretty good but our mpd pipeline sees us moving into other areas to to drive relevance for consumers in different parts of their uh their diet so um yeah i mean long story short that's that's how great what is a brand it's a product with a compelling story and both of them are are as equally important and we've got both nailed yeah yeah right that, that's, that's really interesting yeah i i definitely um i definitely agree and I, i'm not a vegan and i i kind of uh yeah i, I like a lot of vegan stuff and the, the the thing that will that i know pulls me into it is the taste if somebody nails the taste i don't care i'm there <laughs> and uh well, I tried your products last week they're really really good so i've, I've got a bag of the popcorn uh, gear to, to try with the kids on on friday so i'm, I'm excited about it see what they make of it I'll, I'll, I'll definitely let you know um, please do please do it's uh yeah i mean that that's in a nutshell uh what we're about an activist brand with a clear mission that deliver develops and delivers brilliant tasting meat alternatives how, how do you um this might be a cheeky question but 
co competitors and there's some good ones actually that, that also have an informed mission i'm just thinking yeah. of, um, i'm just going to say this is, is a brand that we follow and, and i think they have a, a very interesting kind of, kind of story as well it's chefs and it's it seems like they um that they have a, a kind of a passion for a mission right at the core of the concept how would you see um your interaction or in that space with the brands do you see them as competitors do you see them as collaborators is the line blurred like how do you sort of approach differentiating right. and, and, and telling a conversation with those other guys in the same space i know we're we're, we're all part of the same team yeah um again we're back to how many animals are we saving? And if that's us or that's our friends, uh, other businesses doing it, then we're, we're happy. Uh, again, from a pragmatic perspective, when you look at category management and category development, the more you grow the pie, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the category by bringing more people in more often and spending more, then, that, then you all benefit. So we're, we, we, we support and talk regularly with what with what other people might call our competitors um ultimately are our our teammates and in, in the category to to help grow the category and ultimately benefit um consumers customers and and animals which is what we're, what we're here to do so no there's it's again you, Going, coming back, coming from my previous lives, where it was looking at, always looking at what your competitors are doing and right, trying to preempt and and block them. No, it's it's a complete opposite, and it's a it's taken some getting used to. I'm not going to lie, but it's a much much better way of of working, and and one which is um, breeds innovation and ultimately leads to uh, more success for everyone. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I, I I can I can appreciate that. Um, how the mentality shift feels partly because we um when we started consumer we, we decided we weren't going to try and compete with the, the big corporates because we couldn't be compete on uh, who we were but we, we aren't corporate and we've got this personality but we we do quite a lot of collaborations with the smaller recruiters that um you know it sounds a bit corny and you know, changing recruitment but, but i'm not sure you can change recruitment again okay, it's about matching great people with great opportunities but um yeah if you see um other guys out there that have really strong ethics and you think they're treating people right then actually, if you grow the reputation of the whole industry, everyone benefits and everyone has a, a, a kind of more, more painless experience of recruitment. So we, we're kind of always happy to promote the recruiters if we think they have a brand alignment because we don't think we're missing anything. If, if they grow the perception of the industry positively, then, then we win. So there's absolutely yeah. no reason for us to see them as competition. So I, I totally get that. I really like that approach as well because it, it, it takes guts. You know, it takes, um, and it's very difficult and it's actually very, very unusual. Um, and when people do it, it's, it stands out as well. So, you know, you, you do get the kudos, don't you? People, people just kind of stand up and take note. Um, but just on that point then, kind of where do you see next? And what, what do you think is some of the, for people kind of thinking about this from an insights perspective or category perspective, they just kind of want to pick your brains. What do you think are some of the next kind of wave trends coming through in vegan and, and meat alternatives? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because it's, 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 the whole category is growing at such pace. There's huge venture capital investment and some incredibly intelligent people looking at cultured meats, uh, looking at even better technologies to um, to deliver an even more um, meat-like experience. But I think that the, the biggest the biggest trend is just more people entering the category and trying products and liking them or not liking them, but ch but challenging back and. And the watershed moment is, is with retailers, more and more space has been given um, within the, the mainstream grocers. 
to to plant based um, and meat alternatives and and the category as a, as a whole. And as a result of that, it's more visible. More consumers are coming in to try it. Veganuary goes from strength to strength to to bring more and more people in. Obviously, COP twenty six in the next few months and the and the work that needs to be done to tackle climate change will uh, diet will be a big part of of that and our and the environmental impact of it. So I think there's a there's a technological advance. There's a uh, a societal and then there's an industry advance which all comes together um, to make it more visible, more available, and ultimately more opportunity for for people to to buy into the category which will drive more innovation in the virtuous circle around it so i think that th that's my view I, I don't think it's any one thing that's going to be a game changer i think it's just more people trying and trialing the category which will deliver more opportunity through more space in the in the, in, in retailers to drive more innovation and then that virtuous circle around it yeah 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 i think the uh Kind of what you're describing there. I, I always think about it in terms of the background music to to uh, to category success. You know, you, you know, in the film, don't you? When the when the music changes, you're entering a new phase, and certainly it feels like the the, the music shifted a lot in the last year coming out of lockdown. And there is a big awareness and interest in Joe Public and things like COP. I think. Um, just touching on that point, and um, it, it's a big thing actually in the moment that like the grocer last week that they had a, a their environmental issue, and, and lots of it was dedicated to how do we address the issue of greenwashing? How do we address the issue of lip service? And I think most people are genuine in their desire to be more green, um, but it's easy to be tempted, isn't it, to, to do the minimum um, and actually to, to not uh, really look at the kind of end-to-end -end supply chain impact of what we're doing and, and, and whether it's really making the whole system better. Um, like, as a business that has mission at the focus of it, how do you ensure that your um, sort of view on the environment, environmental impact of VFC is important as well as the, the mission for saving animals as well? Like, how do you, because it, it feels like it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's kind of easy to keep focused on, on one key area of the mission, uh, but sometimes kind of keeping track of a few things, it's, it's quite hard, like, but you guys seem like you're, you're nailing that. Kind of how do you ensure you keep a couple of kind of key, um, key, key kind of mission points in focus at all times so that you don't just kind of get lost in the wall? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's not a it's not a binary choice. Mm. So if it's just all about animals and we're we're taking our eye off the uh, our ESG our environmental impact. Actually, no, our mission is the more we reduce um, intensive animal agriculture, the better the impact on the environment of the. Mm choices we make yeah. because it's it's a it's just a, a truism uh animal uh, i think the last the last data in beef was you know in the teens um in terms of or animal agriculture is is in the teens in terms of total carbon emission so um the the, the more that we can reduce the amount of animals being reared and slaughtered ergo the the more carbon we can take out of the um the world uh so for us it's yes it's about saving animals but there are secondary benefits to that of which you know in reducing our environmental impact is one now as a business what we're doing is uh life cycle analysis we we partner with mondra oh, to analyze uh the the farm to fork impact of of our products and 
uh, with our new product, we're, we're going, we, we did it for our first version and we're, we're just going through the process uh, to reevaluate for version two. And, and, and we will get the results and then automatically and immediately put a plan in place to reduce that, that impact. And we will, we will be very open with, with consumers through both our packaging and on our website as to how we're, do, how we're doing and what we're doing to improve improve and again it's not just paying lip service it's because we care and it's the right thing to do plus consumers are interested in it and, they, and they're holding their the brands and, and businesses that they that they buy their products from to account to help them reduce their impact so it's a it's a job that businesses consumers and government need to do together um yeah. in order to to reduce our impacts but it's got to be taken seriously and um yeah this is where commerce can be a, a force for good and vfc is a great example of it so interesting so it sounds like kind of integrating those different streams into the core mission is, is the key there you know like you're saying that the, the thing that stands up for what you just said is it's not binary which i think is really, really interesting um just kind of um moving on to Leadership as a topic, Stuart. I mean, it's been really interesting hearing about the VFC story and you obviously gone on a journey um, and kind of dropped into that at a certain point. Um, for people that are thinking about developing their own um, FMCG career, you know, most people that I speak to in recruitment, you know, they want to develop leadership as a quality. Um, what, what, what would you kind of have as advice for sales and, and marketing talent looking to shape themselves into the next generation of leaders? You know, what, what do you think a really important character quality soft skills that need to be developed to actually create the space in their careers to do exciting things like you're doing now where you are leading something that's, that's really exciting yeah i mean um it's a really good question and yeah. and one I, I often think about and for me i look at my career and how i've got to here is one i've been prepared to take risks and and move when um, maybe not moving up, but moving backwards in some instances in order to progress my kids. It's te- career. It's taking a long-term view. Softer skills and, and what I'd passionately advocate is don't be afraid to fail because it's where, where you learn the most and providing you learn from that failure, then you don't do it again and it improves um, the, the likelihood of success going forward. And I've failed a lot in my career, both in my actions and um, in some of the, the plans I've put in place, but I've, I've learned from every single one of them. And, I'm, and ultimately, while it's tough to take, I've, I've always come out stronger because of it. So um, don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to fail. And then be true to yourself. Um, it's very easy within some companies to to play the politics game, um, but ultimately it drains you. It, you're not being yourself. So be yourself and be true to yourself. And um, it allows your, you know, the qualities and the potential that every single one of us has to, to come through because you're, you know, you're, you're doing it for the right reasons. So um, yeah, they're, they're, they're the few things that I, I hold true for me, which I didn't necessarily know at the beginning of my career but which i've learned over time and which have held me in good stead yeah okay that's, that's really interesting thank you for explaining that um for, for someone looking at your you know linkedin profile you know they're, they're a commercial exec they're they're a now you know four or five years into their career and they're thinking okay this, this guy's really interesting he's a marketing he's done sales now he's a commercial director 
what, what does the role of a commercial director look like in a, in a startup? Because uh, I imagine you wear lots of different hats and it looks like different things on different days. But if you could just sum it up, what, just give us an insight into what it's really like on the inside day to day. Oh, day to day. I'd love to say it was it was the same today as it was. So today we've just taken receipt of our amazing new food truck. Uh, so we're, we're doing a test event. So I'm going to go and help the guys make some products and put my penny on um to tomorrow i've got a, a meeting with a major uk retailer um and then i'm traveling down to a, a trade show in london for the weekend friday and saturday um to next week i'm flying to germany to for a, a trial with a co-manufacturer yeah. to then having a pdp meetings with my with my team uh, and seeing seeing what they're doing so no no and this is why it's such an incredible job and to be in such an incredible business no one day is the same but the looking after marketing looking after sales the, the category very nascent stage of our category thinking but ultimately being an insight and consumer-led business when it comes to our marketing plans um the the best being able to draw upon that experience in in uh, from earlier on in my career has been has been absolutely uh, invaluable because it, I know what I need to do and mm. therefore I plan uh, I plan I have a to do list and I work through it but I also always have a couple of hours spare each day to it's basically called reactionary time right to deal with stuff which just comes up so um, yeah it's I'd love to say that it was like back in my uh, my Nestle and two sisters. It was a very formulaic day. Uh, it's nothing like that, and that's why I absolutely love it because the opportunity to turn your hand to lots of different things, from finance to operations to technical to sales to marketing to uh, HR, is just just incredible. So, long story to your short question: What's a commercial debt director from a startup? Um, it's just probably like an FCO and a CEO and a supply chain manager. You just do what needs to be done with a slight focus on right. What's this leading to in terms of getting more people aware of the brand and more customers prepared to stock it? Yeah, right. No, that's great. That, that's really, really interesting. Um, just, um, I mean, you, you touched on a point there, which is really interesting, Slack. I mean, it's something that I've heard mentioned in lots of talks I've listened to and conversations like this with leaders. Um, you know, great leaders, they build in Slack into their system, into their work systems. Um, and that's obviously something that you've kind of like developed as a, as a working habit. Um, are there any habits that you think people need to cultivate uh, along with those soft skills and, and qualities to be a leader? Um, a lot of the habits come from those sort of innate skills. Right. Um, but ultimately, it's it's getting to the point where When you're working, you're working, and when you're not, you're not. So I think that's what I, I, a balance I've worked incredibly hard to try and get. In the last 12 months within the startup, I've probably lost because I've had to just be on call. But you know, rest is an incredibly important habit to get into, both physically and mentally, in order to be at your best when you're working. Yeah. So that's that's something that I encourage. When you when you're off, you're off. And it's something I tell my team when you're working you're working so uh that that as a habit another habit plan um 
plan the work, work the plan was was a, a something I took in my Nestle days, and you know then plan in time to deal with stuff which you know none of us have a crystal ball we can't we can't foresee and and again that's that's not failure not not knowing what's going to happen today tomorrow next month but planning uh time to be able to react to it while still having time there to to work the plan that you've spent a lot of time cultivating that's really interesting and just finally any uh, books kind of podcast resources that you'd recommend people listen to but obviously the fmcg podcast is going to be first of all anything else i don't listen to anything else richard um no i mean i i don't read an awful lot of industry uh, and management type books because i generally feel the best way to learn is to do and to expose yourself I, i read a lot of uh of fiction and you can actually pick up a, a lot right. from that um you reading at the moment uh, pardon well is there anything that you're reading at the moment fiction wise that's ticking the box well actually i've just contradicted myself because my, the book i'm reading at the moment is the uh michael parkinson um okay. autobiography which is yeah. which is a brilliant book but uh no I've, classic fiction uh to modern fiction uh anything that that I, that I pick up um I just I just immerse myself in and, and, and reading is a great way of, yeah. of sort of getting getting your head out of that that workspace but no so th- there's nothing in particular there's a few good uh Spotify um I think it's view from the founder um it's an American-based um podcast series where where they t- talk to to founders of sort of like unicorn type businesses is a great one with the guy um forget his name that that founded chipotle in um in the states oh yeah definitely recommend that another book which really resonated with me that i, I would recommend stephen covey's seven habits of highly effective people is a great book yeah, uh, yeah. And good is the new call it's uh it's a it's a really good book if not maybe shows some of the cynicism in the world but also that there are business businesses out there that um that have a genuine honest mission at the heart of what they do so yeah. there's there's two books I, I i would recommend anyone to read right now thank you for that well look thanks so much for sharing the voc story your story your insights into category and also your insights into leadership i've really appreciated it. i've learned a lot and uh, yeah thanks for your time and uh, guys if you're uh, if you've watched, if you've enjoyed, if you've listened, if you've enjoyed, um, drop Stuart a note, let him know. Uh, I know guys that come on the show really appreciate that because it's, you know, them investing in you. And also, more importantly, go and follow VFC. Check out social, buy the products, give them a follow and like, and, and spread the message, spread the mission. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Take care.